So the other night as I'm trying to go to sleep, I'm thinking about all the weird headlines and stories that fill the news. And then I had this strange vision of Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum singing this this country song. Welcome to my world. Won't you come on in? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Well, obviously, if it was Klaus Schwab singing that classic song, Welcome to My World, there'd be a bit of a German accent, probably monotone and a, and a bit off-key. Not a pleasant thing to hear. A lot of people don't want to talk much about what are called the secret societies, families, and organizations, and some that are not so secret. And I want to delve into that just a little bit today, and also a number of headlines that that are not just, they're not making it out there like they would in, in other times. The media today is one of the greatest controlled entities that you can possibly find. The big tech giants, the ones that are the mega billionaires, the ones that have been chosen, like the Googles, like the YouTubes. There are times that I truly believe, and I've had to think this one out before I, I mean, I've, I've felt this for a long time, but I, I just have this piece to tell you that Google did not become as big as they are from being super innovative and being technical geniuses. The same is true with Facebook. The same is true with Twitter. The same is true with all of them that have become big. I, I finally concluded it was not, shall we say, done through fairness. It was not done in an open marketplace. I think they were helped along the way. If you go back to the time that, that Facebook started, there was a competition out there growing and doing quite well that has all but disappeared over the past 10 or so years, MySpace, remember that? Not that it really intrigued me. It was designed for a younger audience. But suddenly Facebook came on the scene and Facebook was able to raise all kinds of money on the New York Stock Exchange. And and I really think that they had, shall we say, the blessing of the government or the powers behind the government at that time. That someday... This platform can be used for a globalist bidding. And if you don't believe me, look at Facebook today versus Facebook just seven years ago. Seven years ago, they seldom uh, suppressed anything that you said or any comments you made. Why? Because Facebook, in the long-range plan that they had for what their purpose is and will be until it's replaced by the next thing, which is the metaverse, they had to attract everybody of all walks of life and all age groups. If they had been, shall we say, suppressing free speech on day one, had they been monitors of politics from day one, many people would have abandoned their accounts years ago. But Facebook was smart. The handlers 
And I say thy handlers of Facebook are smart. They waited until Facebook had accounts numbering worldwide in the billions with a B. They waited till people were extremely vested in Facebook. They waited until their carefully designed platforms became highly addictive to to many people in all age groups. Oh, yeah, 10 years ago, grandparents and parents hopped on to keep track of their kids and grandkids and family and share recipes and pictures of cats we all remember. It wasn't as political then as it's become today. Facebook is a business. People forget that. It's not some uh, altruistic effort to make people happy. It's to make people dependent upon them to stay connected. LinkedIn, no different. All of these platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and others yet to come, are designed to occupy you, your time, your mind, and your thought process. And they've been very effective. Look, I use Facebook for this program to reach an audience beyond what I can with shortwave. I have a number of Facebook friends, and I also check out things to which I would totally disagree. I want to understand the mindset of people today and what they are thinking. If you can understand the enemy's next move, you're better prepared to defend yourself. If you think about it, Facebook, all the major tech tyrants, including Google, Amazon, with their servers, they, you know, they, they rent server space, but if they don't like what you have to say, they will pull the plug. Remember Parler? Came and went <laughs> a year ago. I mean, they were the big thing toward the end of, of 2020, and then by 2021, gone. They were totally decimated when Apple and Google pulled the plug from their app stores for smartphones. And then Jeff Bezos of Amazon pulled the plug on their servers, and they were dead. Destroyed. Just absolutely destroyed. And all these tech tyrants are still hiding behind protections that were never designed to allow them to do the things that they do today. But Bob, don't you believe in a free market? Yeah, I do. But it's not a free market. Not anymore. It is not a free market when you have a monopoly, and you and I think you need to understand that. Companies like Google own a lot more than just Google. They own they own YouTube. They own many things. They own Gmail. They own a bunch of companies that do the mapping for governments, just in case you didn't know. Google makes big dollars from governments large and small all over the world from their satellite imaging and mapping. I bet you didn't know that. Google is an integral part of many state and local governments and federal government and military. That's where they make a lot of their money. If you are a user of any of their free services, you'll, 
you'll find out that there is a bit of a price for all that free stuff. If you have Gmail, well, Google reads your Gmail. They do. Albeit by computer, and then they target advertising and other things to you. They sell you out. Everything you post with them in your little Google locker, your doc space, anything else, they too have access. They too, if you look at the terms of service, they are allowed to look at your stuff. And Google is even quietly announced that they may start checking your pictures for for things that might be illegal, just so you know. So let's get back to where I started the program, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, and this weird dream or kind of a twilight thought process as I'm going to sleep of, of Klaus Schwab singing, welcome to my world. You know, I mean, they've got a vision at the World Economic Forum of changing the entire planet, every nation, every economy, every government, every person to be in full compliance to a new world order. What do we do about it? Or do you even understand the ramifications or or just how deep we're in? These agencies that are public, like a World Economic Forum and others, and, I, and I'm going to focus on the World Economic Forum because they are just out there. You can find anything you want to know about them right from their own website. They don't even hide what they're trying to do. Because they know the average person will never do any more research than beyond a headline they hear on Fox or CNN. Well, if if my trusted correspondent told me, that's all I need to know. And as I've mentioned before, and I don't, I hope this doesn't upset you, but even Fox has sold out. If you don't believe it, look at all the money they took from the federal government to quietly, well, to promote without indicating they were paid to do so, the vaccines. I can remember the first time I realized it was happening. I didn't know that they were being paid. I'm watching, as a rarity, I was home one day, and I had a chance in the early afternoon to watch, you know, Fox News on TV, and I'm watching uh, Harris Faulkner. And she's just all giddy about vaccines. And I'm going, where did this come from? Well, they got paid. They got paid to compromise their journal integrity, their journalistic integrity. It was sold to the federal government. And many at Fox were happy to oblige, even at Newsmax. It's becoming increasingly difficult to know who you can trust. The globalist of this world. Look, there are there are families, the Bilderbergs, the uh, Rothschilds. All the, I understand that. Somebody asked, "Why don't you talk about them?" Well, it's hard to talk about the secret families if you don't have reliable information. But I can talk about where you can pretty well see their money and influence going, and that's places like the World Economic Forum. Now, these secret societies, and some would say things like Skull and Bones and others are part of that, and I can think of probably dozens that are out there. 
Are they simply societies or are they actually a satanic cult? Now, let me, let me say that again. I, I, if you missed it, I want you to hear this, and I want this to resonate in your mind. Are some of these secret global societies and public, when I say public, you can see them on the web agencies, are they a cult? There's no doubt in my mind that we are being lied to as these globalist societies that walk together in agreement on so many things are really are really a cult. They really are nothing more than a satanic cult. There, there is definitely coordination. There are definitely coordination between these groups and the agencies they push through their support. World Economic Forum is one. The International Committee on you know, Climate Change is another one. All, all these agencies, all these think tanks, all these organizations that the elite like John Kerry get into their private jets and fly with a huge carbon footprint to tell you that you need to run around in a tiny electric car because you're killing the planet. One of the things that they have to do is they need to cull the population because if globalists want to control the world, they need to have a controllable size in that world. They need to cull societies. They, they need to remove the free thinkers and those that, that, that challenge. Can't have them kicking around. They need to, to minimize the concept of free speech, the concept of free assembly. And, and we see the trend happening in Canada, the United States, all over the Western world. When people protested, Vaccine mandates, which to me are the most ridiculous thing, and increasingly it's obvious they don't work. Saw some data the other day, raw data, out of England. I got news for you. If you're over the age of 39 and you're vaccinated, your odds of getting COVID-19 are about 50 to 80% higher than if you're not vaccinated. And that's based on cases per 100,000 and they look at each age group. The only ones where it's a tad lower are younger people that don't get all that sick to begin with and don't have a fully developed immune system that's developing in the process. The vaccines fail, but they still push them. They still push them. And, and it appears, early evidence is beginning to show this, just so you know, that that booster shot helped you out for a few weeks, maybe seven weeks, maybe three, maybe two. And then it goes negative again, even more negative than you were the to start with. These vaccines that a huge part of the population of the United States and Canada and England and Australia, New Zealand, uh, Germany, France, you name it, Israel, all these places that took these vaccines, this is my greatest fear. They are gradually suppressing your human immune system. 
my wife and I've talked about this numerous times. When we realize the vaccines aren't working and now the stories are coming out about negative efficacy, there's a, there's a professor in New York, Mark Crispin Miller, and he teaches courses on media and even propaganda over, you know, over, over time, over the last 100, 200 years. And he points out some, some fascinating data when it comes to how these vaccines um, are causing something that nobody wants to acknowledge. There is a very strange rise over the past year in sudden deaths. In sudden deaths. So-and-so, age 52, died suddenly. So-and-so, age 22, died suddenly. Now, I know people die at all ages all the time. But we've never seen as many athletes die suddenly. And they're always vaccinated. So many people having having health issues that we, two years ago were just not in our lexicon. Before COVID, before the vaccines, yeah, these things happen but they were a rarity by comparison to today. A lot of people are dying suddenly, not of COVID, but of rapidly growing cancers that showed up and in larger numbers than we used to see per 100,000 people. This, This is the kicker. You're seeing this higher unexplained death rate in people that should be healthy and alive occurring. Is this part of a global plan? I'm not going to say that it is, and I'm not going to say that it isn't. But it wouldn't surprise me if it is part of a greater plan to gradually thin the herd. And who are the the most, well, vulnerable people? Those like myself, over 60 or 65. Where is the highest death rate from COVID? Well, it was in the older age group. Who are the ones that jumped on the vaccine in large numbers? The older age group because they were so scared of corona. And now we may find that they have compromised their immune system and they'll die of something else and it won't be corona. When will people sit down and look at some of the data and scratch their head and say, something is not adding up here? And they're still pushing these these vaccines. You still have the people, you know, the veterinarian that runs Pfizer, um, you know, the financial guy that runs that runs Moderna. The only product Moderna has that makes them any money is their mRNA vaccine. This is a company founded in, I think, 2011 with a grandiose idea of using this this messenger RNA technology to cure everything from cancer to baldness to skin itching. And I'm not being funny. That's true. That's pretty much what they were saying, that they could target this to change your body. Upload, it's like uploading software to your operating system to fix all that ails you. And they never, ever, until the end of the year 2000, had developed a product that didn't do more damage than good. And I am now convinced that this one is no different. It will do more damage than it does good, except to the the bottom line, 
of the new class of billionaires created by federal and international tax dollars to fund these corporations. And they're now addicted to all this wonderful money. They're not going to let go. Now, real quick, years ago when I worked in emergency management, there was a term we used in emergency management. It didn't bother me too much, but it does more and more today. It was called a public and private partnership, a public and private partnership. Now, in the case of emergency management, let me give you an example of a, a public and, uh, and private partnership. There are a lot of faith groups. Good example, Southern Baptist in many states have a disaster relief team. And if something happens, it's terrible, like a tornado, major storm, uh, you know, an apartment complex fire, and people have nowhere to go. They can mobilize, this is a private group, to assist emergency management in providing showers, bathing facilities, laundry facilities. That's what they, they have, a tremendous resource capability. And other agencies as well, public-private. So in that realm, it didn't bother me too much. But over the last several years, some of these public and private partnerships are increasingly increasingly troublesome to me, like the World Economic Forum and its cozy relationship with many, many governments all over the globe. And as you look at the stated purpose of the World Economic Forum to identify and advance future-oriented global agenda. In other words, it's a global agenda. They want to see the elimination of, of borders as we know them. They want to focus on issues at the intersection, this is what they say, of the public and private sector. And when they get involved in something, I, I become very, very concerned because you're going to find out who's behind all of it. Like I say, the idea of, that we've been developing over the decades of a public-private partnership, like an emergency management, it's all well and good. But now we're using those same kind of partnerships to have the World Economic Forum, you know, trying to, to marry the state and large corporations. And who's going to run who? I think it's going to be the money people running it all. Listen, and, and I have no qualms about saying this. I was talking to my wife yesterday about this. In the United States, somebody runs for Congress in, let's say, a conservative area. Maybe in the Midwest, maybe in the South. They have all these grandiose ideas of all the great things they're going to do. And they know just how to to go to the right Rotary Club meetings, the right places, the right, you know, media, to get their word out. And people, they dutifully vote for these individuals. And they get into office. And over time, they every two years, if they're a congressman, every six years, if they're a senator, they come back to their home states, their home districts, whatever the case may be, and they say, look at me. I am a good conservative, and I love Jesus, or, or whatever. And then they go back to Washington, and you really don't hear much from them again. 
Crenshaw in in, uh, Texas, he's an example of a rhino congressman. He appealed to everybody because he had been injured in the in in the uh, in the theater in the Middle East, lost an eye, and he talks a good conservative game. But he's a rhino. He has supported Liz Cheney in her efforts to impeach Donald Trump over garbage and foolishness. In other words, he got to D.C. and somebody got to him, and he's now bought and paid for. Sorry, but he is. I would say a good 50%, if not more, of so-called conservative Republican congressmen are liars and they are cozying up to the deep state. They talk a good game, then they stab you, the constituent, in the back. So you've got You've got the World Economic Forum wanting to have the great global reset. They, they believe firmly that we need to get rid of cash. We need to get rid of all these currencies. And the world needs to adopt a single digital currency. Now, that's not going to happen tomorrow. But believe me, we're on our way there. I said it the other day. Most of us in the Western world are used to using our cards now when we go shopping. Now, what, 25, 30 years ago, the idea of using a credit card in a grocery store was like, who would do that? That's stupid. We either, we wrote a check or we used cash. You don't finance groceries, but people started to do it. And then we got used to using plastic to get gasoline. Then we started using plastic to get things at the, at the local pharmacy and at the Walmarts and everything else. In other words, it was a lot more convenient. I go into stores now and... And who's using cash anymore? And they try to make cash look evil and horrible and dangerous. You know, only drug dealers and terrorists deal in cash. We need to have a digital currency. Hey, in the United States, we are like 85% of the way there. And once everything is totally digital... And the money that you know it and I know it is is just worthless paper, which it really is anyway, in case you didn't know. Yeah, Federal Reserve note. This is not a dollar bill. This is an IOU. IOU something worth a dollar. But, of course, this dollar in your hand is going to keep being worth less and less each and every day until we're kind of in a Weimar, in a Weimar Republic economy where you need a wheelbarrow of money to buy a loaf of bread. And this... This administration in Washington is doing its part to head us in that direction. The World Economic Forum, they want, they want borders to disappear. So the best way to keep track and bring that in is to have a digital ID. A worldwide global digital ID, which can include all your passport and visa information. So borders are simple. You just show your digital ID on your phone your little little mark, and then you too can travel and, and see the world. You too can go anywhere you want. You too can go to the store and make purchases because you've been approved. Between, between what I think is going to be a genocide of unthinkable proportions over time, I've disagreed with those, 
and there are many of them out there that said, I can remember last year, like in uh, May or June of last year, uh, some of these people saying, you watch, come the fall, a third of the population will be dead because of the vaccines. And I'm, I'm going, I don't see the evidence of that at all. But I do see the danger of the negative long-term effect on the immune system. And when the age bracket kept getting lower and lower with no compelling reason, we know one thing, it doesn't stop the spread of COVID. You'll still get it with or without the vaccine. You will come down with COVID with or without the vaccine. And if you're over the age of 39, your odds of getting COVID are increased now, we are learning, if you have the vaccine. I'm going to talk about this fourth industrial revolution and a couple of other headlines. You need, we're, we're so focused on Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. And most people couldn't find it on a map. If you ask them, so what happened in Ukraine in 2014? What happened there a few years ago? What happened in 2019? They don't know. They have no idea. There's this mistaken belief as I see the blue and yellow flag or blue and gold, whatever you want to call it, that they're just a unified country. They are not. They have not been a unified country at all for ages. Did you know that they've been bombing parts of their own nation in the East for a long time? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, you need to look it up. But see, you're not going to hear it anymore from ABC, NBC, CBS. And yes, sadly, of course, CNN's not. But even Fox is, I get a little nervous when everybody's in agreement and, and nobody wants to even ask a simple question about any of it. It, it ought to make you a little bit on the nervous side. Now, before anybody says, aren't you now a Putin puppet or an apologist for Russia? No, I am not. I think what they've done is is just despicable beyond words, inhumane, unnecessary. But I also think that much of what many nations have been doing that you don't know about in causing, uh, shall we say, unrest, instability around the world is also wrong. And it needs to be addressed. This is a faith-based ministry, if you didn't know it. And, and I need to share with you a few thoughts on the other side about what this ministry really is all about. We do our broadcasts on shortwave radio primarily. That, that's where this is heard on radio primarily. If I had the budget, I would begin to add domestic radio. If I had a way to deliver to them, I'm sure that some stations might take it, but I would have to probably have a second version that'll fit their their requirements. But, you know, we'll see what God leads. But for now, shortwave, a couple of domestic stations and podcast. And the podcast is growing on dozens upon dozens of podcast sites. I'm not a paid employee, and there are no paid employees at Truth to Ponder, because I am the only employee. I take care of the website, I produce the program, I distribute the program. I'm working on projects now to to open up doors for increasing the outreach of this program. But airtime is not free. 
and it's one of the things that I have to deal with each and every month because the bills start coming in about now that need to be paid by the first. So we have what? Uh, Till the middle or end of next week to take care of these responsibilities. If you believe in the work that we're doing and want to keep us on shortwave, if you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Truth to Ponder. The address is 5753. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. The zip code is 32536. Once again, 32536. If you go to our website, truth2ponder.com, and go to the contact page, you'll find that mailing address there. You'll also find my email address, bob at truth2ponder.com, and other ways to make contact. Listen, we will take a break, and we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. One of the strangest of biblical books. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Purim. It's the Hebrew holiday that falls around March and which is celebrated to remember the events of the book of Esther. Now the word Purim in Hebrew means lots. It's from that word we get the word lotto and lottery. So having the Feast of Purim is like having a Feast of Lotto. It's about lots and dice and the law of chance. And that's what the book of Esther seems to be about because for a while it seems like it's a book of chance. Everything's out of control. The wicked prosper and the righteous are cast down. All the twists and turns of the plot, it seems as everything is out of control. It's random. It's chance. It's all epitomized by the Purim, which is Hebrew for the casting of the lots. And yet, as the story heads to its conclusion, all of a sudden, all those seemingly chance things, those random events, all start coming together. And everything starts turning and working for good. It's the hand of God. And so it is in your life, my friend. You see, your life will often seem to you to be a book of Esther. Things will happen that you won't understand. You'll try to see the reason for it all, but it will seem hard to make sense of. Sometimes it'll seem that things just happen by chance or for no reason, the Purim. But remember the book of Esther. You see, God promises that as you follow him and press on with him, he'll work all those things in your life, all those things you couldn't understand together for good. That's a promise. Even though sometimes it'll be hard to see, nothing in your life will ever happen for no reason. All those things will work for good. So when you don't understand, trust and press on. And in the end, you can be sure you'll always have more than enough reason to celebrate the Lord's love. Happy Purim. Want more? Ask for the Purim. Now, the free gift for you, the incredible evidence and proof of Jesus as Messiah discovered in the writings of the rabbis in the mystery of the temple doors, plus sapphires guaranteed to give you the power of living a victorious life in God, all free. So how do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you'll be so blessed. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So I invite you to join with me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of this world, salvation to five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, 
The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Adon Olam, Lord of all. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. Now, I want to get right back to where we left off. I was talking about the World Economic Forum, and I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, you're talking about some boogeyman thing, conspiracy theory. I just go to their website. I don't even need to invent anything. It It's from their own mouth their own speeches, their own website. And these are one of those kind of partnerships that make me very nervous when they are the public and and private partnership. To me, it's different when you have a little nonprofit group helping out after a disaster. Maybe some joint... I'm not even happy about some economic development projects that I've seen in some states and counties... I think that, well, government should not be in the business of picking winners and losers. So the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, they've been around for a while. They started way back in the 70s, and they they were a think tank that has grown, shall we say, connecting themselves to various governments over time. With all these lofty goals of, of quality and justice and a better life for all even in the third world developing countries on the surface all of that always sounds good i mean who's against eliminating famine hunger and starvation who would be against you know minimizing deadly childhood diseases i mean you you go against that kind of thinking they label you as just a cruel and selfish individual See, one of the problems with uniting these wealthy corporations and wealthy controlling families and wealthy cult families and societies, yes, they are a satanic cult. The best way they can take over the world is through a public and private partnership. Think about it. Best way. Take over the world. Public and private partnership is going to be the way to do it. The direct consequences of such a merger, if you, ever, if you want to understand what, it, what it's like, look at China. See, you have a powerful government, but you have an elite class of billionaires in China. Matter of fact, in about every dictatorship of the 20th century, there was always the wealthy elite class even in a fascist company like Italy or Germany, which is technically a fascist country during that time, those corporations like Bayer, BMW, Bavaria Motor Works and others that, that played ball, they became wealthy. They were the established elite. 
Now, you look at China. You have all these companies manufacturing stuff that we used to make in Canada, used to make in the United States, used to make in England, used to make in Australia. Not anymore. We don't make anything much. Go to the Walmart store here in the United States and and look where the stuff is made. Look where some of your food comes from. Yeah, even some of that comes now from China. The fourth industrial revolution, also called the Great Reset, by Klaus Schwab. His idea that this capitalistic system in the United States and the Western world has got to collapse. It's got to be replaced with something something better. And this idea that we own all of our stuff... Why would we want to own anything like a house or a car or a cell phone? Why not, why not have the government and corporations give you a place to live, give you your transportation, i.e., <laughs> yeah, little electric car that you got to charge up to go anywhere with your digital ID? You will own nothing and be happy by 2030 is what Klaus Schwab wants you to believe. We, we've said it a dozen times, if not a hundred times, on this program. It all sounds good. But to do that, you have to give away your identity and become a part of a collective. Let me say that again. You have to give up your identity and be assimilated into a collective. Now, older people like myself... We don't necessarily like to go along with this stuff. So make sure we have plenty of vaccines to shorten our time on this earth and others that might be troublemakers. This noble goal of a better society is destroyed by those that are trying to use it for their own advantage. You know, it was pointed out, when you look at some of the young global leaders some of the global leaders that have been trained and have been endorsed and, and buy into the World Economic Forum. They have had a lot of people go through their training in Davos, Switzerland. This merging of this government direction and policies and private enterprises is legendary. And some of the people that you'll, you'll find that came through you know, the the World Economic Forum. Yeah, Bill Gates, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of, of New Zealand, Boris Johnson. You look at all these people that you see today moving into leadership positions. They have 1,400 alumni that have found their way into very important government positions, both appointed, hired, and even some elected. They're working their way into they're working their way into the government mechanisms of every nation, including the United States, including Canada, including England, including Australia. They learned a lot during this pandemic. Funny, somebody pointed out, someone shared a video that that pointed out that Klaus Schwab 
back in 2020 released a book called, you know, the you know the COVID nineteen pandemic and is an opportunity for the uh, great global reset. Well, that book came out and it was was written and published and distributed in just a couple of months. How did that happen? Many people like myself believe that this was a pandemic. I I can't prove it, but I can certainly feel it. By the way it rolled out, its timing was impeccable. Also destroyed, you know, the typical presidential campaigning in 2020 in the United States. Shut down the world, destroyed the economy. By the way, Deputy Prime Minister of Canada, uh, Christina Freeland, is also a graduate of the... the, um, World Economic Forum. You're going to find a lot of people, some that you would not expect, have gone through their ranks. Department of U.S. Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is one. Citibank executives, prime ministers, president of the Rockefeller Foundation. Gee, guess who else? The CEO and vice president of Pfizer, and also Mark Zuckerberg. You've heard of him. Yeah. Isn't that that little thing called Facebook that now is the metaverse? By the way, Klaus Schwab is a big believer in the metaverse, if you didn't know. The metaverse, where you can stay at home and and reduce your carbon footprint. You got John Kerry flying all over the globe, you know, putting out tons of carbon to tell you to stay home, you know, eat dirt and drive an electric car and be happy. The elites will have their jets. You will have nothing. You will own nothing. By the way, these leaders that I mentioned, I'm not making it up. It comes right from their own World Economic Forum website. And they're all over. I mean, the folks at Google, I mean, it's just everywhere. Their influence is undeniable. Their goals are undeniable. There's people like Bill Gates. They went through a five-year program of the World Economic Forum Goals and Principles. Angela Merkel did the same thing. Tony Blair, same thing. Bono went through it. Richard Branson went through it. You, you, You find all these people that are the movers and shakers in government and industry. They want to own everything. Larry Page at Google. I mean, you can go down the list. It's scary. And all their partnerships with with Facebook and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Google and J.P. Morgan, Coca-Cola, Ernst & Young, Volkswagen, BP Amico, they're all in. They come to the World Economic Forum and government leaders that want to stay at the adult table when things are changed. They've been doing this for ages. They want a digital ID. They want everything to be in the hands of the elite, and you serve the needs of the elite with whatever population is remaining by the year 2030. We're well on our way. They love the Chinese social credit system, 
which decides if you're allowed to have things or a decent place to live because you agree with the government mandates. They want to control your life, your family, your ideology. What's going to happen to many churches if if your financial support becomes public record to the tech elites? Hasn't happened yet, but someday it's going to. And that 1% will rule what is left. They will have 100% of the wealth, which is what Klaus Schwab has promised. And yes, it is the secret societies and ruling families that do their dirty work through these public and private partnerships. See, they don't need to have themselves out there doing it. They quietly support, fund, and encourage it through these things like the World Economic Forum Young Global Leaders and other alliances. They will get what they want. And they will be these satanic cults at the, at the top of the new food chain with the industrialists and the government leaders that have bought in sitting at the big table looking down upon you and I. This, I'm afraid, is the world in which we are rapidly heading. And that's why I firmly believe that we, as Christians in particular, need to be prepared. Look, we found out during the pandemic, let's be honest, how many of you got snookered? Probably thought in 2019 about how you're going to grow your church at the you know during 2020 and they got shut down. We never would have thought that in my 25 years in ordained ministry. I never thought I'd see the day that the government said you got to shut down your church. Oh, I could get it after a tornado. But I mean, on and on and on and on it went. Fear and more fear. They found out just how far they could go during the pandemic. And you look at all these these young leaders. By the way, for those of us here in the United States, some of their young leaders include not just Democrats, but some Republicans too. Mm-hmm. I'll probably tell you more about that later this week. For those of you that think you're going to fix the ills in America at the next election, sorry, you're not. 50 years this year. I've been voting. I've been telling you that for the last several weeks. This will be my 50th anniversary of of voting for a president. 1972, the first year I could vote. And all these years, whether it was 1972, 76, 80, 84, 88, 92, and also during congressional elections, local city and county elections, I voted my, my conscience which is controlled by my faith in an effort to repair and save my, my community, my state and my nation. And 50 years later, how well have I done? It's not fixed. If anything, it's worse. The only thing I can say is what the Bible teaches. We as Christians are salt and light in the world. We are preservative and we shine light on darkness, but eventually the darkness will be too great. Eventually the day will come that our influence is gone and we will be overrun. 
Are you prepared for such a time? I'm not going to give up on the idea of, um, I'm not going to give up on the idea that we can, at least for a time, hold on to our, our nation of America. I'm not going to give up on that thought. But I'm not going to put all my hope in politicians. Like the Bible says, do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men. In other words, politicians and leaders and globalists and what have you. Don't put your trust there. They're not going to help you. Nine times out of ten, if not more, they're going to deceive you, use you and abuse you and kick you to the curb. You're just a useful idiot, as Stalin once said. So, church, so Christian, what are you going to do to to affect some change? What are you going to do to prepare to not be a part? Remember, we are in this world, but not of it. If you want to be of it, that's your business. I choose not to be. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I'm not going to give up the fight until the last battle has been completed. It's time to take America back, if we still can. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must take America back Main Street to Wall Street Cities and states Washington, D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us Then ransom our future and our children's, that's wrong We must take America back As liberty weeps, our forefathers spin in their graves Pray God will bless some way out of this mess We must take America back Lord knows they'll try To silence our voices They'll pretend to be patriots Fighting for fairness for all They're not even fit to hold office What they believe doesn't fit with freedom at all We must take America back Main Street to Wall Street Cities and states Washington, D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long We need leaders who not stick us and bleed us And ransom our future And our children's that's wrong We must take America back As liberty weeps Our forefathers spin in their graves Pray God will bless some way out of this mess We must take America back Fight for 
Honestly, I'm not sure if we can take America back or any nation back for that matter. It may be maybe too late, but we can minimize the impact that these alliances between these public and private partnerships with some of these secret societies can do to you, your family, and your church. It's time that we make plans for, shall we say, an alternate. As I said, the church found out just how unprepared the church really was at the beginning of this pandemic. And many have never recovered. Many never will. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk about the, the indoctrination of our children and, and what we can actually do about it. I'm going to talk to a mother that has been homeschooling her children for about 16 years. And the results are just incredible. We need to take back education. We need to take back much of what we now allow the government to intrude and do. We need to do more for ourselves and stop being so dependent. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Shortwave radio, it's growing. It's important. I hope that you understand that. And and if you don't have a shortwave radio, if you're a podcast listener, you need to find out more. And I may talk about that Thursday or Friday of this week. If you believe in our ministry, would you consider keeping us on shortwave if you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio, mailing address 5753. 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North. Secure box is number 3248. Number 3248. We are in Crestview. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's 32536. Don't expect the elections later this year to fix it all. It may slow the process, but we need to be more ready than we ever have before. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.